0: Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. I am your friend, Bible teacher and author, Carol McLeod, and I love these minutes that we spend together every day as we open the Word of God together. You know, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is living and is actively speaking to our hearts today. The Lord is gentle in His love for us, and He never forces His will upon us, but He always gives us the opportunity to freely choose Him. Will you choose him or not? Will you believe in him or not? Will you follow Jesus or not? Those are all very good questions for you and for me today. Well, thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that the roadway of your heart would be open to hear his voice today. Now let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark as we engage in this Bible study that I've entitled, The Time is Now. Jesus was by the ocean one sunny afternoon, and he had just finished telling the immense crowd that had gathered there the parable of the sower and the different types of of soil, the rocky ground and the weeds. Y- you know which one I'm talking about. It's found in Mark chapter 4. And then he didn't explain it to them. He did not explain the deeper meaning of this parable to the crowds that had gathered. But instead, he said to them in Mark chapter 4, verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What Jesus was saying to the people who were gathered this day was, do you have ears? Then listen. Does your heart have ears, then understand. Now, the words of Jesus, just like the farmer's seeds, fell on various types of hearts. Those who truly heard the words of Jesus and understood the deeper meaning of this parable would become his followers. And his call is as real today as it was 2000 years ago by the Sea of Galilee. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. My friends, we're going to look at the deeper meaning of this story. And I want to say something to you. Don't ignore this story. Think about it. Search for the deeper meaning in this parable. What what is the meaning of Jesus words? Now, this is exactly what the disciples did when they were alone with Jesus. They had an intimate Q&A with the creator of the universe. Mark chapter 4. Verses 10 through 12. And as soon as Jesus was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And Jesus was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand otherwise they might return and be forgiven. So Jesus said there are two groups of people, those who believe in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. You know, verse 12 is a very hard verse to understand, but when it's studied in the Greek, and in context. And knowing that Jesus is quoting the prophet Isaiah, Mark four twelve begins to make sense. Let me read it to you one more time, and then I will attempt to explain this verse to you so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. Jesus did not speak in parables to purposely keep people from believing. Jesus spoke in parables because the people were already blind. The crowd resembled the Israelites about whom Isaiah had written perhaps what Jesus said can be understood as we translate Mark 4:12 this way. Do you remember what Isaiah once said? He said that when he came with God's message to God's people, Israel, in his day, they were so dully ununderstanding that you would have thought that God had shut instead of opening their minds. I feel like that today. When Jesus said this, he didn't say it in anger or in irritation. He didn't say it with bitterness or with exasperation. He said it with the wistful longing of frustrated love. Jesus said it with the poignant sorrow of a man who had a tremendous gift to give, which people were too blind to receive. God told Isaiah that the people would listen, but not learn because their hearts had hardened beyond repentance. Yet God still sent Isaiah with the message of repentance. The Israelites at this moment in history were much the same. Think about it. Think of the Pharisees or the scribes. Their hearts were already hardened. They had already made up their religious mind. You know, a few turned and listened and believed, but most judged and critiqued and criticized. Yet Jesus still came. The deafness to the message does not mean that the messenger was at fault. This explanation helps me. Does it help you? It's not for me to understand why some believe and why some choose not to believe. I will continue to proclaim like Isaiah and Jesus did, and I will continue to pray for the harvest in the lives of the people whom I love and to whom I minister. You know, neither Isaiah's audience nor Jesus' audience were denied the opportunity to turn from their sins and to be forgiven. However, God does not override human will. We each get to decide for ourselves will we believe or not? Will we follow Jesus? or not the choice is up to each individual human being mark chapter 4 verses 13 through 15 and jesus said to them do you not understand this parable how will you understand all the parables the sower sows the word these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. So the farmer is Jesus. And by extension, it is all of those who came after Jesus and have sown the word of God. And the seed, of course, is the word of God. This first scenario in the parable is the seed that falls on the well-traveled road that has been packed down and hardened by hundreds of travelers, animals, caravans, and armies. So I want to ask you today, what has hardened you? What has hardened the roadways of your heart? Is it entertainment or secular thinking or perhaps hurt by the church or personal and emotional pain? If your heart is hard, you will not be sensitive to what God is speaking to you. I know a young woman, 24 years old, who had only been married nine months when her husband was taken from her. He died a horrific death by cancer. And in that hospital room, when her husband had just left time and gone into the presence of God, this young bride fell on her face on the hard hospital floor and said, Lord, don't let this experience harden my heart. Keep my heart soft before you. Listen, if that bride can do it, so can you. If you have a hard heart, the seed of the Word of God will be unable to penetrate your heart, and it will be easy for Satan to come and snatch up the Word of God." Ask God today, Lord, soften my heart. Give me a soft heart. And perhaps if you're praying for someone, you can pray this prayer for them as well. Lord, soften my friend's heart so that the Word of God will penetrate that longing in them. If you haven't received the Word of God, it means you haven't embraced it. You haven't allowed God's richness to penetrate the surface issues of your life. So pray today, Lord, soften my hard heart. Mark 4, 16 and 17. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who, when they heard the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. The seed sown on rocky places had a little bit of soil, but not much. And so the seed would spring up quickly in this shallow soil. And this describes people um, with perhaps an emotional response to the gospel. They like the promises offered. Initially, it sounds so good, but they don't allow it to take root. And when times get hot and uncomfortable, they throw in the towel. So what's the lesson from this group of people? People, get rid of the rocks. Get rid of the those hard things in your life. It also reminds mature Christians to take an interest in young believers. Get them to Bible study, answer their questions, interact with them, pray for them, share good books with them, get them to Christian conferences or concerts. You see, evangelism is not enough if we're not making disciples. Mark 4 18 and 19. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Maybe this group is the saddest group of all. This group initially gets it, but they have untended thorns in their life. Jesus talks specifically about what these thorns are. Thorns are the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. These are the things, my friends, that are going to inhibit the growth of the Word of God in your life. If you have a problem with worry, it will choke the fruitfulness of the Word of God out of your life. We all have things that we could worry about, that we could stress about, that we could be anxious about, but those who truly believe that Jesus is who he says that he is are able to lay worry and care at his feet. Thank you for joining me on a jolt of joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion. To help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com And as always, know that I am praying for you today.